Darkcast Network. Out of the shadows comes the best of indie podcasts. You are listening to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. Almost forgot the intro. <laughs> it's not a hundred episodes in, and I'm not Alana. I've taken I'm... over her body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not Kelsey. Then <laughs> are you the anti-Kelsey? Yeah, <laughs> from the, the dark timeline. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, there's a Kelsey I've seen in chats at work that spells it K-E-L-S-E-A. Kelsey. Oh, I've seen that before. <laughs> it yeah. is an interesting take. It's, you know, yeah. there's so many spellings and popular names that got used like Aidens and Cadens. <laughs> yeah, I think the most common one I've seen other than my spelling is like S-I-E. That's probably the next most common I've seen. Really? Yeah. Not just like minus the E. Huh. No, like I've seen it. It's enough that I've seen it on novelty keychains that you can oh. buy. Like, you can go on vacation. You're, I'm going to buy this little keychain. It'll have my spelling and then beside it will be like that one. S-I-E. And I'm like. Real? Oh, Yeah. I mean, like only 25% of the population can usually find their names on those. They're so <laughs> bad for that. Because, yeah, I usually see um, Alana with one N. That's usually the most common spelling I've seen of the other Alanas I've ever met. <laughs> which yeah. <are> not many. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And this is episode 104? Four. <laughs> What the hell? Yeah, we're just yeah. tugging right along. I guess you've just heard Filipino crimes, which um, was interesting, to say the yeah. least. They're not known for their crime, but that's what no. I like about these kind of international ones where we do feature different countries. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I put up a post about it on our Instagram today, and it said that there's so many islands in the Philippines, like over 7,000 or something that would take you like years to visit them all in one, yeah. to, to spend a day in one. I was like, what? That's great. I've never heard that about the Philippines, but I've heard it, them say something similar about restaurants in New York City, that there's so many oh, restaurants that yeah. all the restaurants that are open, like if you took today, all the rep restaurants that are open today you right. in your lifetime would never be able to visit all of those restaurants unless like, you let alone like five meals a day <laughs> or yeah, let then. alone all the ones that are gonna open and end up closing and stuff in the future just the ones that are open in this very moment uh you wouldn't be able Maybe. to visit in your lifetime which is crazy i could see it being like jim gaffigan that talked about that he's 
comedian. He likes talking about food and he lives in New York with like his five children because he's crazy. <laughs> Something. I don't think I heard that even on stand up anything. No. Those, you're right. Like, you're right. Fun fact things that they do, <laughs> random fun facts or something. Yeah. It feels like something I heard someone repeat on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one a lot, though. So I was like, oh, so many people have said that one. Interesting. Yeah, I found a few fun facts when I was making a little posty post. They also have a way of, if they're at war, the flag can be displayed differently. Like the red and blue stripe gets inversed. And I was like, they have a war flag? Or that's the way it made it seem at first. So I was like, interesting uh-huh. i noticed that when i went on i was just looking at instagram just before this and i saw our post that you had made and oh, i was like okay. yeah i was like oh that's interesting <laughs> yeah i thought it was kind of cool and oh fuck oh, i was gonna say what would we, what would we do with our flag turn it upside down and then the maple leaf would be in <laughs> upside down <laughs> falling leaf yeah. people would be like what's that an upside down pot leaf <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah our flag doesn't look really any different when you turn it on its side because it's it's a minimalist flag for a lot well, of the countries japan's japan's yeah. flag <laughs> instead of yeah. a dot we have a maple leaf and we have stripes we have two stripes <laughs> Oh, they don't have the stripes. That's true. I do yeah. remember there was an old heritage moment. I don't know. You Canadians, you guys. I, I love the heritage moment. It's yeah. similar to the, in a way, the Americans had the, the school of rock and the, I'm a <laughs> bill and it's a cartoon and it's how they make bills into law and different shit like that. And it's kind of like that. They're like educational yeah. and historical, but. To me, yeah, there's, like, I remember the ones where he's talking about the different flags, and some of them are going to have blue, and, like, I can still kind of picture it. I'm like, ooh, that would have been weird. And then you get the random ones about, like, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> because he's named after Winnipeg, which is in Manitoba, so. Yeah. That was, yeah, they're fun. <laughs> they should still do shit like that. I'm sorry. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty fun. I yeah. think I only remember a couple of those ever. It was probably ending by the time I started watching and remembering TV that. more. Yeah. It's a bit before your time. <laughs> yeah, a few years. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I could recite some of them where they decide to. <laughs> well, they like basketball. There's the peach baskets and they're like playing basketball and each time they play they have to go and use a broom to poke the basketball out because they don't want to like cut the bottom out of the baskets (laughs) he's like let's cut the bottom out of the baskets but i need these baskets back (laughs) like fruit guy doesn't want to give them up i've heard of that before yeah (laughs) of the quaint beginnings (laughs) anyway i digress it's my skill (laughs) I think Kelsey's gonna go first. I don't know. Um, I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah, we had talked about uh, doing urban legends, and I had said I was gonna try and look up 
maybe one of the more famous or popular ones in North America and see if I could find out kind of how it started because I find that kind of stuff interesting you know yes origins Um, yes I did end up finding the origins of this one that's why I ended up doing quite the deep dive on just one of them because it was pretty crazy yeah Um, it's okay I went opposite so I think it'll be a fun episode because mine will be a more of a list and yeah maybe a shallow dive (laughs) yeah this one got pretty crazy when I was looking it up uh it is one of the I'd say one of the most popular ones and that is it's typically called the babysitter and the man upstairs, or sometimes just the sitter, uh, or the babysitter. I could see that, even though yeah. it usually probably gets referred to in a different, from more of the, a quote from the story. Like, I don't know. And the you know what I mean? Like, the horror movies are like, call in the house and stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's part that's of all. this yeah oh i love it that's yeah that's i was like, so happy you picked that <laughs> mo- one of the most famous ones and right uh yeah. it dates back to the 1960s uh oh. we'll start going through by going through kind of the different versions and variations of the urban legend then we'll get into its origins uh so Ooh. This urban legend (laughs) typically centers around a teenage girl who is babysitting. Uh, Normally it involves kids that have gone to bed already. So normally she is just kind of watching TV. Uh, Typically there's phone calls involved. So the phone will ring and it's either from a stalker or an unknown man who ends up calling. And then every time she basically ends up hanging up on him and then will call back and it kind of goes back and forth. Like there's numerous calls involved. Uh, each time typically asking her to go and check on the children or if, or asking her if she has gone to check on the children lately. Right. Not what's your favorite scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> One sec. There we go. Um, so typically the babysitter at this point and just pretty frightened and scared ends up calling the police who end up telling her that they'll be able to trace the call if he calls back. So they all end up waiting and this unknown caller ends up calling again. Uh, she talks to him, hangs up, and then the police call her back immediately and tell her to get out of the house. <sighs> nope, yeah. nope, nope, nope. Uh, (laughs) typically they leave the house and end up meeting up with the police who then explain that the calls are coming from inside the house and that the man, yeah, it's coming from inside the house. (laughs) Yeah. Um, typically there's slightly different variations. So most of the time it involves that the man had actually killed the children upstairs and was trying to lure her upstairs by asking if she had checked on the children. Um, oh, And okay, him obviously yeah. knowing that the kids are dead. Somehow having killed them silently, too. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, All right. So that, that's kind of the synopsis of, I guess, one of the more popular versions. But there are 
kind of slightly different versions. This is what I found on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> yeah, they kind of had a nice little list of some little other details that are in different versions. Wikipedia, a good jumping off yeah, point. Yeah, I was like, it's good. <laughs> um, so in some more modern versions, rather than be tormented by menacing phone calls, the babysitter is unnerved by what she assumes to be a hideous life-size statue of a clown in the corner of the room. I've never heard oh. this version. Uh, yeah, it's very creepy. Do not like. When the <laughs> mother or father of the children... Um, she is caring for a calls home to check in on her and the kids, the babysitter asks if she can cover the clown statue with a blanket and the parents inform the babysitter that they do not own a clown statue and that the statue or like, and then it's revealed that the statue is really a murderer who attacks and kills the girl before she can escape, which just, just standing stock still in a clown costume in the corner, like, What did this person's house look like that you would assume they would have a fucking clown statue in the corner? Like, that's so creepy to me. Did that make you think of the story when we did our Patreon, Two Truths and a Lie? Um, And the Pennywise animatronic that I talked about? (laughs) Yes! I didn't even think of that! Oh my god forget why they had one (laughs) but it was like spirit halloween or something i don't know maybe they lived in la and somebody worked for the movies but they were like i definitely had it and it seemed kind of (laughs) haunted yeah i forgot about that wow (laughs) um good times other ones included a more child-friendly version where the caller turns out to be either one of the children or an older sibling who's decided to scare the babysitter as a prank and they end up getting told off by the police so basically in trouble with the police well bart simpson he's always making prank calls to (laughs) moe's tavern (laughs) uh other variations have the babysitter end up being killed as well as the kids uh, another Ugh. version yet yeah, where the babysitter manages to rescue the children and the prowler gets arrested by the police. However, in most of the versions, the children do not survive. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. That sucks. Because, um, yeah, sometimes I'm like, doesn't they... <laughs> they get the call in time? Don't they get the call in time? <laughs> right? Yeah. Hmm. That uh goes on saying another version while being taken away by the police the prowler whispers or says out loud see you soon to the babysitter yeah that'd be creepy don't like that um (laughs) in some versions when the prowler calls the babysitter he just makes scary noises like giggling or heavy breathing (laughs) like giggling (gasps) no I can't wait to find out how loud that is. <laughs> I can make my own sound effects, you guys. I don't know how to put sound effects in very well, but I'll try we'll make and create own. my own. Uh, also in this version, while the operator says that the calls have been coming from the same house, the phone goes quiet. And when the operator asks if the babysitter is still there, all they get is the same scary noises, meaning that the babysitter has already been killed. Or I guess, um, like, killed while they're on the phone. Um, uh, 
another one of the versions <laughs> that I've never heard of, I guess, which would be very creepy. I would not like this. It said that the children are with the babysitter while watching television. The prowler starts phoning them, saying that he'll be with them in a de- decreasing amount of time. So, like, each time he says, like, he'll be with them. It's getting a smaller and smaller amount. Then after they get the news... Okay. Yeah. Then after they get the news that the calls are coming from inside the house, they hear a door upstairs opening and the sound of footsteps heading towards the room where they are. Um, Yeah, that'd be pretty creepy. This version was said to be found in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark books. Um, oh so that might be one of the more popular versions because i know those are very popular books yeah like goosebumps Um, yeah yeah i did read Uh, goosebumps and i I watched are you afraid of the dark yeah (laughs) i did watch are you afraid of the dark i i did watch the goosebumps show didn't they do like a little show i think so (laughs) um i never really read the books He's yeah. a real Stephen King for kids. <laughs> yeah, R.L. Stein, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goosebumps. This yeah. is this is crazy, and this is haunted. <laughs> it's like yeah. how they make fun of Stephen King on um, like Family Guy and stuff, where he like is in his editor's office, and he'll be like, "This lamp is haunted." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I remember that. You're like, okay, well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> but come on. Love me some Stephen King. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another version. uh, Yeah, this one's a little pretty different too. Years later, the babysitter is now an adult and has a family of her own. One evening, she and her husband go and have dinner out while a babysitter looks after the children. The evening is going well until a waiter approaches their table and says that there is a phone call for her. She then answers the phone and hears, did you check the children? And this is the ending that appears in some of the movie versions. Um, Okay, because it it provides a nice twist like they like to do. Like, the killer's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And the, oh, the last version that Wikipedia had said that the police inform one of the children that they found the prowler under the kid's bed holding a weapon. Okay. So that one, I guess, neither of them are neither of the kids, or nobody's injured. I mean, it's that's fucked up, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it would be. It's like that one where the one of the other classic urban legends where they think it's the dog licking their hand under the bed. But I hate that. that I know the thing, and I was like, uh. I think that's why they people make ones like that because they're like it's pretty outrageous Don't but also like that super creepy yeah <laughs> i just got like a full body shiver i hate that one like oh. i kind of making it's making me laugh right now i'm thinking like my dog can barely fit under our fucking bed <laughs> yeah like he would just wiggle his fat ass in and out every morning we had, and we had to block it off <laughs> yeah there's a reason i have a bed that people can't go under it's completely closed Mm -hmm. off and there's drawers underneath it there's a reason for that because ever since i was a kid i was afraid of somebody being under my bed and like grabbing me um i know i said to pat it might be a girl thing because i think we can all identify with that jumping into bed the ankles yes 
I don't and know I, if guys get that as much. <laughs> I don't think so as much, but it's one of the reasons why at 28 I still have a bed that you can't fit under. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um. Yeah. But for oh. these, all the different versions and variations, I guess there are that are around now. Um. The basic story has been adapted many times over movies and TV shows. But when I tried to look up Ooh, examples, yeah. <laughs> it really only came up with a few uh, saying, oh, okay. yeah, saying it's prevalent in the Halloween like series. Um, I assume probably like the first one. Uh, oh, yeah, because they're like, because Michael doesn't talk. Yeah, so, there so I'm like, it must be like, the breathing and sounds. That's all not, I can think of. Not yeah. giggling. <laughs> but I think we have one of the... <laughs> we definitely have another movie that has to do with this. Yeah. We might talk about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, there was... I think we talked about it already. When a Stranger Calls. Yes. Um, I think we have that one. Uh, Black Christmas. I haven't seen the one they're referring oh. to. I've seen one of the remakes. And I don't remember this being part of the remakes. But... Um, oh, so not the 1970s. I think that's the one is. that they're talking about, but that's not the one yeah. I've seen. So, um, okay. and then the Scream movies, yeah, a- as we kind of said, they have like kind of the variation. They're like calling repeatedly and being like, have you checked on this person? Not necessarily like babysitter scenario, but. That's right. It's the same yeah. trope. And I yeah. think Black Christmas is noted as doing it first in a lot of um, like videos that Pat and I will watch on like what culture oh, okay. and stuff because <laughs> he loves to watch his, uh, his horror okay. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so most of the things, at least according to Wikipedia, said that the origins of the babysitter urban legend ba- dates back to the 1950s specifically 1950 so 10 years before the urban legend took off with the murder of janet christman uh, or christman oh yeah the real Um, life murder okay yeah uh (laughs) not the movie (laughs) no and this is pretty crazy um so janet was born in born in march 21st born in march 21st born (laughs) on march 21st 1936 no wonder that whole sentence was underlined grammar i Uh, was saying you're a march baby (laughs) yeah uh she was born to parents charles and lula may christman oh lula may is a wonderful name i love that very southern Uh, yes she was the oldest of three daughters she liked playing the piano and ended up singing in the church's choir um she was also just very involved in the church and uh janet was trusted kind of in the town and she was described as pretty mature for her, her age so she was uh deemed to be a pretty reliable babysitter for different families oh it's part of the babysitter's club (laughs) yeah and i should have looked up her name it might be jeanette actually 
It's two T's. Oh. Is that normally Jeanette or Janet? I know one T is Janet, but would two T like it's not T T E. Oh. That is a hard call then. Because yes, I was gonna say Janet, I or, or yeah. Jeanette, you could have it like J E A N and then usually E T T T E regardless. Yeah. I'm just gonna say Janet then. Sorry. Uh, also we had a big boss at our company who was Janet, but it, it was spell it was like spelled Jeanette, but it was pronounced Janet. It, like it gets very yeah. I'm like you tell me how it's pronounced, you Janet. Yes. <laughs> so hard to say. On March 18, 1950, 13-year-old Janet was dropped off by her father, Charles, to the home of Ed and Anne Romack at around 7.30 p.m. Ed and Anne? I'm sorry. That's only significant because um, sometimes when I used to drive home, I would catch sight of the same personalized plate this person would have. We'd be (gasps) driving behind them and it would say, Ed, like, dot Anne or whatever. at the time when my friend caitlin was riding with me like ask her if she can confirm we'd be like there's ed and ann (laughs) wonder what they're up to and like once i think we saw them and it was like an older gentleman or something we're like oh yeah it's an older couple (laughs) cute yeah now i'm picturing this cute older couple is (laughs) yeah they're not very old i don't think no no Oh yeah. No, they wouldn't be very old. They're yeah. Um, Ed and Anne are in their late twenties. Uh, at this point. Oh, is this not? Is this Janet's parents? No. No. Oh, I'm sorry. The couple she's babysitting for. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh, the Romax lived on a quiet, rural, like, tree-lined street in Missouri. Missouri. And <laughs> the day was described as really cold. There was a mixture of snow and rain falling, like sleet. Mm. Um, so not a lot of people, I'd say, are out and about. Uh, the streets are normally pretty quiet when it's like that kind of weather. Most people want to stay home. Yeah. So the Romax were family friends of Janet's and like parents, and they had asked her to look after their toddler, Gregory, while they decided to go out and play some cards with some of the other couples in the community. And Janet was excited because she wanted to earn some extra money to pay off this new outfit that she, I think her parents had bought it for her and she was going to work to pay them back um so she said yeah i'm gonna take this job and then i'm gonna gonna, like pay them back part for the outfit and so she ended up saying yes um some sources say that she was actually supposed to go to a party with her friends and she like turned that down to take this babysitting gig to earn that money Um, oh yeah (laughs) that's a twist of fate for sure yeah uh it From what I read, it said before the couple left, Ed ended up showing Janet how to use the shotgun that they kept in front, uh, by the front door for security. And (laughs) yeah, they like showed her how to use it, showed her how to load it, everything. Uh, they told her if someone knocked on the door that she was supposed to turn the porch light on 
so that she could see the person and then only open the door if she knew the person and trusted them. So uh, yeah. it said that they assumed like she understood. She seemed to agree to all that. So the couple ended up leaving. At this point, the details of what happened next remain unknown. Uh, around 10 p.m., it is known that Anne tried calling the house. She either got no answer or got a busy signal on the phone and assumed that Janet had fallen asleep. And at 10.30 p.m., police received a frantic phone call from a girl who was screaming for help. Uh, her last words to them were, come quick, and then the line went dead. So that's Whoa. the only two things that they know basically like have any sort of timeline about is that Anne tried calling to check on them at about 10 wasn't able to reach her but then 30 minutes later she was calling the police oh, okay and yeah yeah no witnesses left alive no. I suppose. yeah exactly Ooh. um unable to trace the call because it was either too short or they didn't have the capability at the time it kind of went back and forth depending on the source the officer monitoring the phone calls had no way to figure out who had called because all it basically said was like the screaming and then come quick and then it went dead. Like that's all they had. Oh no. Yeah. That's also they your time were, to say. Yeah. They were forced to wait and hope that they had either received or were either going to receive a call, another call with more information like a location, what's happening or they kind of hoped that it may have just been a prank phone call. So. Okay. Yeah. But I think they also usually now follow up on every, like, 911 call. Like, Well, this one they couldn't. It was in the 1950s. They had no way to trace it. And right. They didn't know who called, so. Right. Which is unfortunate, to mm -hmm. say the least. Yeah. 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 I it, uh, Maybe it's like cases like these where they're extra careful now and they're like, well, you I never so, know yeah. what it is. Yeah. So the Romax ended up returning home around one in the morning. Um, so a long time later, the front porch light was on and there was a sawhorse that was outside underneath a window at the side, like one of the windows at the side of the house. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of like the, yeah, you kind of, you'd put, I think they use it to like cut lumber. So you'd put lumber across to the sawhorses to help you cut, like get holes Yeah. In. Yeah. I think Pat used to have a table that was just like two of those with a yes. piece of wood on 100 it. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Every guy has that table. <laughs> and My they would DJ on it. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> They're in like every garage. I, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was sitting... Uh, outside one of the windows at the near the side of the house but you could see it from the front so they noticed it was when they were walking up and it hadn't mm -hmm. been there when they had left that night uh oh. yeah so they went to unlock the door and they realized it was already unlocked so they thought maybe janet had forgotten to lock it and they thought that was kind of strange because they had told her like she had to keep the doors locked um but they thought okay and the couple went inside and ended up going to the living room, which kind of a horrendous scene awaited them. So in the middle of the floor, 
in the living room lay the body of Janet. It was surrounded just by a huge pool of blood. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, her legs were spread apart and her skirt had been pulled up. She had severe head wounds and these tiny, small, circular puncture wounds to her face and, like, other parts of her body, as well as these scratches all over her face and arms. Um, Aww. Yeah. So at least some defensive wounds. Yeah, they said, yeah, I'll get to describing the scene, but they're like, yeah, she put up a tremendous fight. It was pretty extensive, yeah. Um, There was a cord from an electric iron that was wrapped around her neck, and then a few feet away from her, the phone was off the hook, like, laying. So I think it was supposed to be, like, a wall phone Mm -hmm. um, or something, and it was either, like, on the floor, like, hanging against the wall, or it could have been a table phone, and then it was on the ground. Um, Either way, that was, like, fairly a few feet away from her. Okay, yeah, so it obviously just yeah. been used. Yeah. Recently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the couple also noticed that the window that was near the sawhorse had been broken and that glass was all over the carpet. Uh, the couple ended up rushing upstairs to check on their three year old son, who was found unharmed and asleep in his bed. Oh my God. Thank yeah. God. Right. That's the only saving grace crazy um the couple called the police and ended up somehow that two different police stations responded to the call and arrived on the scene um it wasn't really explained why just that one of the sources said that it was such a rural area that the the people that normally are in charge of that didn't respond and then ended up responding later and that's how two different teams ended up okay but they both decide they're going to investigate. So they each precinct basically starts their own investigation and refuses to cooperate or share information with each other. Oh my <sighs> god, for reals? Yes, it's stupid. Fuck. That um, is so pathetic. Like, get your head out of your arse. Yeah. I've been reading actually this good book series from a Swedish author who like one of the members of the police force, the chief actually is like that incompetent oh. asshole character with a bad comb over and I'm like I like this because it is realistic. Like you got the characters yeah. you like and then you got the ones where you're like you're an asshole or you're just phoning it in and like mm-hmm. you don't care about your job anymore. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All too real. <laughs> um, so getting to the scene, kind of other than Janet's body. Um, so the more details that followed was that uh, Janet, as I said, had clearly fought off her attacker. She had many defensive wounds. And they also found like blood smears and fingerprints throughout the living room and the kitchen. So like it had been an attack oh. over like two different rooms. Um, oh wow yeah so there was some amount of footprints and blood samples i guess that were collected from the scene but they're never really talked about again when they're trying to solve it so i'm not sure what happened with those 
Um, Inconclusive. No, I yeah. don't know. Because <laughs> um, they're investigating it now. I'm sorry, is it the 70s? No, 1950. Oh, oh okay, okay. I, yes. I thought maybe I was thinking someone's birthday was the 50s and now we're no. in the 70s. But yeah, yeah, they're even more rudimentary than in their yeah. <laughs> investigations, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay. One set of investigators, because keep in mind, there's two different sets. Right. So one set of them determined that the broken window was done to throw them off track. And that sure. uh, it was broken <laughs> using a garden hoe that the couple said that they kept inside the house. And because they kept they it inside the house. They kept it in the house? Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know what for. That's a little strange. Um, Maybe in their sun porch? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But they said they kept it inside the house. So because it had been used to break the window, the killer would not have been able to break the window to get inside yeah. the house because the object they used to break the window was inside the house already. Yeah, um, unless someone's lying. <laughs> yeah, so they, so one set of investigators were like, okay, they broke the window intentionally to throw us off um, and then put the sawhorse there to throw us off. They determined uh-huh. that no one could have exited or entered through that broken window without severely cutting themselves because the glass around the window frame was like severely jagged and would have caused a lot of injuries if you tried to actually climb through it. And there was no blood or any sort of torn clothing found in that window area. It was just a oh, random broken okay. window that was like very staged. Right. Um, but they haven't they didn't quite determine like oh this person the the glass was broken from the outside going in like because well it was like all over the carpet so it seemed like it was outside in because it was all over the carpet inside the living room but they could have still gone outside and broken it like after the fact yeah Um, that's true yeah yeah so (laughs) janet had been uh she had been bludgeoned I never understood this phrasing, bludgeoned about the head. Oh, it yeah. sounds vaguely British. Yeah. About the head. Or the yeah. way they'll say, like, I was sat at the table instead of we will say, I was sitting at the table. Yeah. Things like, like that. I don't know. Never, never flowed <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, that sounds cute or that sounds quaint. <laughs> but that's not the way I would say it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said before, she had been sexually assaulted. Um oh. and she was blood so it sounds like they're saying she was bludgeoned in the head, then sexually assaulted, and then she was strangled um with that oh. iron cord. Yeah. Okay. Um damn. So they said with no sign of, like, a break-in, they believed that she had willingly let the perpetrator into the house. And as a result, this was likely someone that she knew and trusted, since the porch light was on, and she had been able to see who was at the door. And that's, like, that's the scenario. They had told her, keep the door locked, and if somebody knocks, turn the light on, and if you know them and you trust them, then open the door. And the light was on, and the door was unlocked. So they assume it was somebody she trusted, because mm-hmm. yeah. But they're not; they're disregarding the the glass right now. They're saying no, yeah. that's not a sign of breaking. Yeah, that's staged. They believe. Um, hmm. 
I don't know what. That's interesting. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure what to think about that. So since the Romax had told Janet to keep all the doors locked and both the front door and the back door were found unlocked, they determined that the killer had entered through the front door and left out the back door. Uh, the killer had staged what was described as a robbery gone wrong, but it was clear to police that it was not robbery motivated and that the loaded shotgun at the front door remained untouched. So. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah, like nothing seemed to be taken at all. Nothing was moved. The only thing that was going on was even like the shotgun <laughs> yeah it's yeah. basically just like janet was the intended target God. so that brings yeah. us to multiple of the sources mentioned there was another murder that was pretty similar that happened a few years earlier um it was four years earlier in the same community as the murder of mary lou jenkins Um, She was murdered inside her home in 1946, four years earlier. Uh, She was 20, and she died less than a mile away from the Romax home. So very close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She, too, was raped and then strangled with an extension cord. She Mm. was also found in a pool of her own blood on the living room floor. So, like, found oh, okay. in the same area, same cause of death, yeah, same neighborhood. Same uh, MO. Yeah. Yeah. Or you said that. <laughs> um, so neighbors had heard screams that night, but they believed that the noises came from the family's rabbits. Um, oh, I'd, no. I'd bunnies. rather... Uh, that horrifies me that bunny screams could sound like people screams rather not get a bunny a bunny as a child and i i don't recall ever hearing anything like that but (laughs) what the fuck is wrong with these bunnies doesn't happen you got those fainting goats you got a whole lot of a lot of weird animals wait is screaming goats real or was that just from the latest thor movie because that was fucking funny (laughs) Ah! every time they were driving the ship or whatever (laughs) pulling it was so funny i loved that <laughs> oh if we do have a movie minute we did watch um a movie last night the evil dead one that just came out <gasps> evil dead rise i have not seen it yet i want to see it no spoilers yes. no spoilers please no spoilers just uh, opinion i guess i don't know it oh, was... okay i mean yeah, i thought it was pretty good yeah, apparently it's the highest grossing of the <laughs> Evil Dead franchise to date, so people must wow. really like it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen some stuff online, some stills and little like snippets, yeah. and I was like, ooh, that does look really actually like creepy. Some of the other ones are more like, I don't know, it's very like a funny series, I guess. Like yes. the horror that's going yes. on, it does have a lot of humor in it. Kind of campy, yeah, yeah. And I feel like this one is just like straight, like just creepy from everything I've seen. Yeah, more. What's the other Sam Raimi one? Like uh, as above, so below, or yeah, that other one. I would say it's more like those ones, a little darker. Yeah, nice. That other one he did, 
I can't remember. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, what the fuck? I'll take, I know I'll I've seen it, but I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out. Hang on. <laughs> but go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Screaming Rabbits. Nobody called the cops, I guess. Uh, Mary Lou's murder had also rocked the community during the time it happened. Police were put under enormous pressure uh, to try and solve the case. So just weeks after okay. uh, Mary Lou's murder, Floyd, a gentleman named Floyd Cochran, he ended up shooting his wife, May, in the shoulder and the neck with a shotgun. And then he had attempted to commit suicide, but failed. Oh. Yeah. Police brought With him. With a shotgun? Yeah. Ooh. I'm not messy. sure how, like, police located him, but they brought him in for evaluation. And he ended up being committed to a hospital due to the suicide attempt. And okay. it was n- only after they committed him, and I assume were searching his house, that they found his wife, May, that had been shot and was like dead inside the house still okay Um, yeah despite there being no connections or evidence floyd was then interrogated about mary lou's murder that had occurred just weeks earlier um okay it's important to mention that floyd was black and mary lou was white um and it's the 19 well it's 1946 you can imagine how this went Um, as a couple okay yeah, the, like, yes. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, Go like ahead. Floyd had, as far as I know, like probably never even met Mary Lou. Like, I don't know how they were just like, "You killed your wife. Now we're gonna assume you killed and like raped this other woman." Like weeks ago. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I, 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 I may have to that. lost the plot a bit on that too. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But um, I do think I know what movie we were trying to think of. Which one? Probably Drag Me to Hell. Oh. Because yeah, I think that's probably. the one I was probably trying to think of. <clears throat> and then he also did that Don't Breathe one, which is also kind of pretty creepy. Mm, yeah. Because um, they, like, try and break into that blind guy's house or something. Yeah. And, like... I saw the first one. I didn't see the <sighs> second one. Right. Yeah, there's a second yeah. one. Yeah. Anyway, he yeah, he does pretty... Pretty creepy movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Carry um, on. Yeah, so Floyd, um, he ended up being interrogated for two days, like, straight, uh, without a lawyer oh. present. And during this time, as I said, like, the community was in shock about Mary Lou's death. Uh, and they were looking for somebody to blame, and Floyd was now being interrogated by the police. So... This kind of mob formed outside uh, while Floyd was being interrogated, and they wanted to lynch Floyd and kill him. Oh. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Uh, it said that his only good. connection to Mary Lou was that he was assigned to be her streets, like garbage man, like garbage collector. Oh, God. That's fucking it. So. After hours and hours of questions, Floyd supposedly confessed, but he later recanted and said that he had made this confession under police threat and the mob threat, like, outside, waiting for him, and he had said that he did it, even though he didn't. And, 
did you say because if he's her garbage man did he find her body or did you say that i'm sorry no i don't know how they found her body it was just in her house okay sometimes they find it in the you know when the garbage gets picked up or whatever oh no her body was found like in her living room okay right right right. sorry yeah okay uh so it's also important to mention that floyd had significant mental and intellectual challenges Mm. uh and these uh like mental challenges were so severe that he had actually been rejected from the draft during World War II. You can imagine how desperately they probably wanted people during World War II. And hey, so was Stephen King, right? He was rejected from one of those drafts. Probably not World yeah. War II, because he's not quite that. Yeah. I think it was Vietnam or something, but they were like, you're flat-footed and nearsighted and, yeah. I don't know, something else that I probably have, because I am both of those things. <laughs> yes. That's uh, funny. Yeah, so uh, we jump to May 7th, 1946. Floyd ends up pleading guilty to murdering his wife, and he's sentenced uh-huh. to 15 years in prison. And then a few weeks later, he stands trial in front of an all-white jury and a white judge um, on trial for Mary Lou's murder. Um, no one ends up believing his alibi, or him saying that he had recanted his confession for Mary Lou's murder, like he had made it under duress. So he ends up getting found guilty and sentenced to death. And Floyd Cochran was executed September 26, 1947, after being led blindfolded into a gas chamber. Which is fucking horrific. I hate oh. gas chambers. Yeah. And that was Floyd? Yeah, so despite Floyd's imprisonment, the sexual assaults and peeping incidents continued in this community, and there was multiple other black men that were coerced into these, uh, like, wrongful confessions and ended up being charged for different rapes, Um, but yeah, so this is all, that's like leading up, so we go back to Jeanette's murder, so that's kind of what the community is going up against, and then... Janet Wait, gets I'm murdered. still trying to get a hold of that. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> That's just background. Doesn't matter. So, yeah, now we add okay. like this murder, 13-year-old Janet, similar mm-hmm. circumstances to Mary Lou. Uh, police mm. ended up questioning kind of like the already killed Floyd. Like he's already been put to death by this point, like years ago. And this happens again. So they start questioning, is Floyd the one that did it? And they began to believe that maybe Janet and Mary Lou were killed by the same person. And it's kind of like an interesting thought. We don't really know, like, follow up with that too much. Um, For Janet's case, police ended up catching a break when one of Janet's friends told them that they were pretty sure they knew who killed her. And this gentleman's name was Robert Mueller. Okay. He's pretty gross. I do not like him. Uh, <laughs> Robert what did he Mueller. Have to say? Robert's gross. He's gross. Uh, he <laughs> was an acquaintance of both Janet and the Romack family. Uh, okay. He had known Ed Romack since high school, and he was also a former Air Corps officer. Uh, oh. Air 
corps officer in World War II. Those air um, army men. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Robert also going to sing again. Oh. No, it's fine. Um, Robert had also known Mary Lou from high school, so he had known both the victims. Mary Lou he had gone to high school with, and then Janet, um, he knew because he knew Janet's parents and the Romack family. Right, because there were a few years between them, if I recall. Yeah. Between the deaths. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ah, there's four years between the deaths. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was longer. No. Um, Mueller at uh, at the time was 27 in 1950. He was 27. He was married and working as a tailor. But oh, this didn't stop him. So Sorry. Um, the fact that he was married didn't stop him or even make him attempt to keep it a secret that he had a big crush on 13-year-old Janet. Like a fucking... No. Yeah. Um, Janet. I mean, great. So now we can do something about it, but gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's 27. She's 13. Like, get out of here. And I mean, Janet, just, like, yeah. he had kids of his own because Janet had even babysat for him a few times. Um, yeah, he's a full on adult and she's yeah. barely not a child. So, while well, she may have been even like, slightly flattered by any of his interest or whatever her friend said that yeah her friend said that she had made it clear to him that she considered him a friend and nothing more you didn't even have to but yeah (laughs) right yeah shouldn't have to you're an adult um yeah (laughs) robert mueller had made suggestive comments about janet to anyone basically who would listen including anne romack um, he commented on her figure and would often embarrass her by saying that she was well-developed for her age. Gross. No. Yeah. I feel like looking back, I got more of those comments that I ever realized at the time I was that yes. age. Yes. So did I. Where, well, at the time, you're almost just like, oh, I'm 13. You're like, I want to look 16. But then looking mm-hmm. back, you're like, they're saying that because you had big tits. And you're like, mm, yeah, that's yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah 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 me and my best friend jumping from like what basically kind of like they call them like training bras or like sports bras Mm -hmm. to like regular bras within six months in i think grade under five yeah like grade five and yeah i probably should have gone like straight to some of those bras because yeah it was like yeah sometimes it's just like bo bam all of a sudden you have to deal with this shit you've never had to deal with before and give it support and (laughs) yeah um yeah so Anne romack even said that uh mueller had told her about fantasies of defiling young virgins so oh gross. no yeah. sir simply no <laughs> um i found a bunch of the next information from the midwest crime uh this is kept this here because this is the only source i read that said this <laughs> um 
And that was that Anne Romack stated that on the day before Janet's murder, Robert was helping her hem a dress as he had worked as a tailor. Uh, he was in the sewing room where the iron was used to strangle Janet was kept. Um, okay. This was something that a random intruder to the house may have had a hard time finding in the home. Um, yeah. But he was there like the day before and said Mueller tried to grope her breasts that day and made her very uncomfortable. Ugh. And yeah. And <laughs> described Mueller as a man who quote, doesn't use words. He uses his hands. So gross. I hate that. Okay, so he's literally Chester the fucking molester. Yes, 100%. Yeah, really maybe have the whole vocabulary for that at the time. Yeah, in the 1950s. (laughs) I guess Um, things things were let slide sometimes. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I was listening to a history podcast the other day and they just kept saying, sometimes we're going to just say, swallow the ick, it's history. (laughs) Which I was like, I appreciate because I don't want someone to necessarily like, blah, 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 of the politics of the time when like, you know now what's right and wrong. And so I was just like, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and they get back to the story. Uh, they also said because he was a tailor, Mueller also carried a mechanical pencil in his front pocket. I hate he, those, but okay. Yeah. I used to use them like exclusively cause I hate sharpening pencils. They, I have bad luck. Oh. They break like every five minutes for me. So I um, guess I, I, I put the mechanical pencils out too far and then it breaks oh. immediately cause it snaps off and I'm like, I don't get it. Oh. I just get all mad. <laughs> Um, so the morning of Janet's murder, Robert Mueller called Janet and asked her to babysit for his children that night. He and his wife were going to be attending the same card game that Mr. and Mrs. Romack were attending. She ended up declining, explaining that she was already committed to the Romack family. So this is how he knew where she was going to be that night. This is all according to that, um the midwest crime files.com because i didn't find this information anywhere else uh yeah i feel like this case is not that well known for all that it's you know recreated or whatever Uh, um to make matters worse mueller left the card game apparently for about an hour around 10 p.m the night of the murder stating that he had to go tend to a sick child Upon investigation, detectives determined Mueller never went back to his home that night where his children were until he returned home with his wife. No, because he did it. He he killed her. Ed Romack reported that the morning after the murder, Robert Mueller called him and asked him if he needed help cleaning up the house after the horrific crime. The only issue with this was that the crime had not been publicly reported yet. So it was unclear how Mueller even knew about the murder. No. Yeah. He called the... He called the... He called uh, Ed Romack and was like, Hey, do you need help cleaning up your bloody living room? And like nobody knew about the the crime yet. Oh, the victim's dad. No. No. Where the the babysitter was killed, that dad. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Oh my god. Um, He's so dumb. (laughs) Mueller told Ed Romack that he believed the killer did not enter through the window because it would have made too much noise. 
he went on to say that the window was probably a ploy by the killer to throw investigators off. He said that he thought it would be much easier for the killer to just knock on the door and say that Ed had sent him to get poker chips. And if Robert Mueller was speaking of himself, this probably would have been plausible to young Janet. Like, why he was there. Because he's at the card game. And yeah, Ed sent me back to get some more poker chips. Fuck yeah, they'd send kids to go to the store to get cigarettes for them at some point in time. Probably at this point in time. Because they would be like, oh, here, I know you, Jimmy. It's for your dad. Sure. Yeah, (laughs) get in my car. My dad says you're picking me up. Yeah, exactly. I'll molest you on the way. Okay, no, never mind. Um, but yeah, it was it was fucking different, we have to yeah. admit. <laughs> uh, so once police heard about his obsession with Janet, they questioned Mueller with, ended up being without a warrant, like they just kind of picked him up. And mm. they ended up after questioning him, asked him to take a lie detector test, which he agreed to take. And it's said that he passed it with flying colors, which is okay. wild. Um, but Mueller <laughs> knew that the Romax or knew the Romax house. He knew that Janet would be alone that night. However, no evidence could actually physically put him at the scene. And with no proof or witnesses, their one and only suspect because of the lie detector test was now eliminated. Which um, isn't fucking yeah evidence that's concrete either. Exactly. A lie detector test. So that's stupid. Yeah. Um, however, testing did determine that we talked about it. The mechanical pencil he carried <laughs> was in fact consistent with the small, tiny, circular puncture marks found on Janet's body. Ew. Which is disgusting. He poked her with a pencil? Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? Like the graphite or whatever in it just poked her. I can't remember Ew. what that's called. They did an episode on about crime and crimes and consequences. They did a whole episode about a guy that was obsessed with like just poking people with sharp things. It's like his thing. Oh, gross. It's got a specific name. I can't remember it. it starts it with the P. Post mortem, because how else can you just let people mm. poke at you like an apple yeah. skin because i did do weird things to apple skins before <laughs> but yeah because then make a little like smiley face and then it gets all bruised and you're like oh it looks so sad <laughs> yeah i had a habit of like well i don't know kind of like putting out pieces with slicing them out with my fingernail or yeah the, the fork I- yeah. That, okay. Okay. I don't know if that's normal. What do I know? <laughs> I did it. I would make like a kind of make like a jack o' lantern or something out of an apple. I almost said out of a potato. <laughs> no, apple. they were turnips originally. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. So they did tie that back to him, but they couldn't really do anything about it. Um, it's unclear if Mueller's footprints or fingerprints were ever compared to those that they said they collected from the scene. Like I said, they didn't really get those mentioned again. Um, A grand jury was convened, but the jury felt that there was insufficient evidence to charge Robert Mueller with Janet's murder. And thus, he never was. Um, While some people believe that Mueller was the killer, another likely suspect emerged much later. A week or so before Janet was murdered, a friend of hers, Lois Terry, had been babysitting in the same area when a man had knocked on the front door. 
She too had peeked outside and saw this strange guy standing there. Lois said she didn't know what it was about him, but something about his appearance made her feel uneasy and she had refused to open the door for him. Mm, okay, good job, yours, girl. Yeah, trust your instinct always. Trust your gut. <laughs> uh, years later, when Lois grew up, she had a family of her own. Um, she ended up running into a friend from her old neighborhood, and this woman introduced her to her husband. And Lois suddenly found herself face to face with this creepy man who had knocked on her door all those years ago. What? Um, though she could not prove it, her gut told her it was the same man, as his face had been burned into her memory from that day. Um, had he been the one to have killed Janet and would have done the same- what? Oh, he possibly would have been the one to kill Janet, and he may have even tried to be doing the same thing to her had she actually opened the door that night. Um, and that was just, like, a, a couple weeks before Janet was killed. Um, despite the time that had passed at this point, Lois still fent- felt, like, this menacing evil, she said, that surrounded him. Just, like, an aura of just, like, oh, bad. Bad juju. Um. Yeah. But files from the original investigation in 1950 revealed that bloodhounds had led uh police from the romax house too close to where it's reported that this creepy guy lived before they ended up losing the scent and this guy it said that he lived less than a mile um from the romac family but for some unknown reason this new suspect and lead was never pursued and as a result the name of this man is not known today like, they don't know who this guy is. And he's the only other, like, plausible suspect. Okay, so the public doesn't know. No, nobody Maybe. knows. Like, the investigators might not even know. Like, it's garbage. Uh, oh, yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, so that it's brings like us ghost. to the... Yeah. Um. Though the investigation into Janet's death officially remains open, the case has been cold for decades and sits unsolved still 70 years later. Uh, yeah, Janet uh, Christman was buried three days after her death on what would have been her 14th birthday, which Damn. breaks my heart. Um, it also breaks my heart that she was buried wearing the outfit that she had taken the babysitting job to pay back her parents for. They said it was I like mean, an Easter outfit that she bought. You wanted to pay for it, yeah. I was like, oh, I hate that. When they're like, oh, I wasn't even supposed to go out that night, or I only did that because yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, it was a means to an end, but it, yeah. it was her end, unfortunately. Um, and then despite what the urban legend that, like, this murder, like, became, there is no evidence that the killer ever called Janet on the phone. Like, we don't know okay. that, really where that right. came from. Other than she had called the police. Okay, so um, this, yeah, that didn't happen in this case. <laughs> as far as we know, yeah. Um, right, we more, don't have cell phone records. <laughs> yeah. Um, my last is kind of like what happened to everybody after this point. Um, also from the Midwest, crimefiles.com, saying Robert Mueller later sued the investigator investigators for defamation and a violation of civil rights 
seeking more oh. than $300,000 in compensation. Oh, okay, guy. Um, he was what? suing them. He Civil was suing rights. them basically because they didn't have a warrant when they were interrogating him. Um, oh, and police okay. came back and said, quote, we didn't get a warrant because of the public notoriety and embarrassment that may have resulted. Um, All right. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, sometimes they're just trying to be nice, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he ended up losing this lawsuit. And afterwards, he relocated with his family to the West Coast. Robert Mueller was never charged with the murder of Janet Christman or Christman, and detectives refused to admit that they likely convicted the wrong man in the case of the murder of Mary Lou Jenkins. Um, it's quite yeah. possible Robert Mueller killed them both, um, or right. this other guy was involved, something, we just don't know. Robert Mueller died in 2006 in California at the age of 83, fuck him um yeah the romack family also ended up moving away unable to continue their lives in the shadow of such a tragedy mm. and romack died in 1980 and ed died in 2016 uh mm. ed's obituary oh, wow. four children uh gregory <laughs> yeah so. right i thought that too that's 36 years and sorry the <laughs> Uh, Anne went first? Yeah. Anne oh, died wow. in 1980 and Ed died in 2016. I don't know. Yeah, that's Anne. unusual. Yeah. Um, Ed's obituary lists four, uh, four children. Gregory survives and it said lives in Alaska. Oh! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Janet was, oh, Janet was buried on her 14th birthday wearing the burgundy suit she had bought for Easter. No, um, we know that. You don't have to stick the knife in again. <laughs> I forgot that I had that in this separate, like, that was just quoted yeah. from the one site. Um, Janet's family. pictures of her. Yeah, she's yeah, so amazing. Yeah, there's a couple on the drive. Um, okay, I'll yeah. have a look. Janet's family remained in Columbia. Um, that was, like, the community. Columbia, Missouri. Um, where oh, her father, okay. <laughs> yeah, not in Columbia. Um, <laughs> her family remained in Columbia, where her father died in 1974, and her mother in 2009. And Janet's sisters like survived as well. That's all like the thing said. Yeah, that wow. was like the updates that I know. But yeah, it kind of shocked me when I was looking up the urban legend, and then everything kept saying, "Oh yeah," and it's attributed back to. Like, Janet's murder, Janet's murder. Every single thing I looked at was, like, it's based on Janet's murder. And then it was, like, wow. and this is unsolved. And it's kind of crazy. crazy. And then the one source brought in, like, Mary Lou Jenkins and, like, all this other stuff. I was, like, that's actually pretty wild. I don't really yeah. quite understand how, like, this murder evolved into that urban legend, really, about, like, the phone calls yeah. and Who stuff knows? like that. Just but. a spark of an idea or something. Yeah. Like a cautionary but like, that's tale. So sad. It should be solved. Yeah. Why isn't it one that's getting the spotlight like some, you know, podcasts yeah. that are able to do a whole um series or whatever. Right? They do a deep dive. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's investigate this old murder and yeah. try and solve it's... it or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah it was kind of crazy when I was looking it up. I was like, oh, that's kind of like an interesting urban legend. I was like, I get to talk about true crime even on a paranormal episode? What? Happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I think I, wait, do I get more excited? Yeah, it's kind of fun when they blend, but I was like, I think I get more yeah. excited if it's paranormal. Wait. What did you just say? Paranormal, you get to t- you, true true crime. No, I'm fucked. Yeah, up. if it's paranormal <laughs> and I get to talk about true crime, <laughs> I'm just gonna shut up right now. Um, yeah, it's fun when they blend. That is for sure. Yeah, I, was I don't like, know which I like is... more. <laughs> yeah, I go back and forth. It depends, like what what our topic is. But yeah, yeah. true crime can be heavy to like listen to all the time because i listen to a lot of podcasts at work and so sometimes diving into it can be also a bit heavy but yeah very very interesting yeah yeah this one i was really shocked to learn that it was like how old that urban legend was and then like that this kate because that said the urban legend started around the 1960s and like this happened in 1950, and then you have Mary Lou's murder four years earlier. Yeah, like I will say, I was googling things by like urban legends of the 21st century or whatever, and mm. there was a book called that or something. So it just kept... <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, that's just gonna keep coming up that. now." God yes. damn it! <laughs> I hate that when you're trying to look at something very specific, but there's. I've run into that. There's, there'll be a book. Uh, yeah. There'll be a <laughs> podcast named that. And you're like, what the fuck? It was just the way I worded it. I was like, okay, I can yeah. find Yeah. Don't worry. I have some modern urban legends of today that I think you guys are going to like. They're the kind of things that I like when I hear yeah. them on podcasts. I think um, we I touched like, on Click. them. I touched on a few of them we've done before. Um, I did some in the, like, Death Omens episode. I talked about, Mm. I can't remember what country it is. They didn't use, like, fans on when you sleep because the fan will, like, chop up your fingers or something. Right, right, right. Because that's a definite modern. Yeah. I don't know. I want to say, like, superstition. But, yeah, like, that's a modern belief. I get you. You're right. You're right. It's like we've touched on them a little bit, but we'll dive into some more when we come back. Yes, I have a, a little bit of a themey theme, so we'll see you after the break. <laughs> Hello, Spooklings. I'm Jason. And I'm Kathy. And we're the hosts of the weekly podcast, All Hallows Eve Podcast. We are a husband and wife duo with a passion for anything spooky, macabre, and true crime, sprinkled with our own twist of comedy. We explore topics such as the history of Halloween, the butcher of Plainfield, Hocus Pocus 2, urban legends, superstitions, and more. So come join us as we go down the rabbit hole that is All Hallows Eve Podcast. Listen and follow us at allhallowsevepodcast.com or your favorite podcast provider. Stay spooky, my friends. Welcome back. Um, mine is a little bit of a listicle. Uh, 
urban legends of the 20th 21st century i've titled it and uh it's theme is a little bit dark and a little bit disney so oh okay (laughs) yeah i like this kind of stuff a little bit dark and a little bit disney okay i just watched uh (laughs) i think bailey sarian had just done a video and it was about disney and she kind of talked about some of the disney movies and the stories behind them oh my god it was wild okay because i kind of yeah have this like secret love for that kind of stuff (laughs) even though i'm not much of like a let's go to disney all the time nerd i'm like oh my god if all the movies tied together it's like so fascinating (laughs) no this was like the one about Little Red Riding Hood was bonkers. Wait, because there's like a Disney version of that? Well, there's like they did. I guess it's like kind of a Disney story. They've done it and like, I guess a little like blurbs. There hasn't been, I think. A okay. Movie. But yeah, they, yeah, the original story of it dates back like so, so long ago, and there's so many oh, weird yeah. versions. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she even talked that. about like a French version that basically involves the wolf is like masquerading as the grandma, but then is making <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood basically take off all of her clothes, saying like, you don't need this, and like, throw it in the fire. And then she's basically naked before her <laughs> okay. grandmother. It's like, you just and Bailey was so funny. She's like, yeah, you just do a put on like my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and do a strip strip tease for your grandma. <laughs> and yeah, the moral, is, is that the treasure was, he wants? <laughs> it was so weird. And then it was like, yeah, and the moral of basically all of the versions of Little Red Riding Hood was don't be a slut. It was basically no! down to it was like, oh my god, <laughs> so slut shamey. but it it was back in like the 1700s and 1600s or some shit that little red riding had started it was like oh my god it was so funny (laughs) oh yeah but i will say to give an unsolicited shout out to a podcast that i probably have mentioned before that i just listened to recently that's called spill the mead they yeah. do okay. I was gonna say they do a little bit of history, and um, <laughs> the one that I really like that they do that I, I wish I had thought of in in some ways. <laughs> um, it's kind of like people will do like listener stories once a month for the different paranormal and true crime podcasts. Well, they'll do one that's just called like folk tales. And I'm like, oh my god, when we do lore and legends and I start reading some of the folk tales, like, yeah, they are some of the craziest, most batshit things. Yes, so yeah. like, say once a month or whatever, they'll do one. It's all folk tales. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was listening to some earlier and it was just like, and the what? And the what now? <laughs> this makes yeah. no sense. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Some of like, them we've do done make some. No yeah. Yeah. I think you had a pretty crazy ones in some of the last folktales, but I can't remember if that was Scandinavian or one of the other ones where there was yeah. fish because there was a pike involved. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, a pike. <laughs> Just random shit. 
yeah, normally I read a lot of those and then I go, <laughs> that's too weird. I didn't even really understand that one. I was like, how am I going to be able I to share it. this story if I didn't even at least partially understand what I was reading? <laughs> know what the damn morals are half the time <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um okay so our first part my first part is probably the little bit dark part we'll say <laughs> okay but i will say if anybody has a title of a podcast that's like dark side of disney i'm like immediately yes i'm going to listen to it <laughs> so both my themes fit here um a fun fact that I came across upon my research to start with is that um, this was like a little urban legend that arose from the depths of the Wikipedia <laughs> uh, about it was on the Annabelle doll page, I guess, because somebody was like, oh, did you hear about that? And it was like that Annabelle escapes and everybody was like, oh, my God, she escaped. And then it turned out it was. It was an April Fool's joke. Oh, yes. I did. I do remember hearing about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I yeah. hadn't. Oh, <laughs> like, you hadn't? Fun. I don't think so. I don't know. The pandemic wiped everything out from my mind. Was it before then? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know when it was from. Like, I thought that was great, though. Just like, oh my yeah. god. I mean, we will believe basically anything we read on wikipedia <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i try to double check it <laughs> um couple from around america <laughs> from a short list i found there's a place called dudley town which is a quote-unquote lost town in connecticut that's allegedly a kind of dark vortex if you will um vortex I mean, <laughs> sounds sexy. No. <laughs> but if you steal any artifact from here, you will be definitely cursed as fuck. So that's that's the whole thing with this place. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, actually, I, it, it was on one list and then I looked up another article about it and it was like a ghost town that was abandoned and those are always fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like they're just kind of creepy on their own. And all that remains are some cellar holes and some stone foundations and apparently rumors of ghosts, demons, and curses. So, I don't know. It could be a creepy place that maybe yeah. there's more to look into. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they have a... You you enter it on Dark Entry Road, which sounds really creepy. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a whole history. All I kind of wrote from that was that it was named after a Gideon Dudley who arrived in 1747 and was followed by his two brothers and supposedly brought the curse to the area, we'll say. <laughs> oh, okay. As the story goes. <laughs> um, but then you like read more and then the article was like, the curse dates back to the 1500s in England when Edmund Dudley was beheaded for plotting to overthrow King Henry VIII. Like, jeez, okay. it went all the way back to England. Like, and then they kind of went on to say that like the lineage of that didn't really add up because it wasn't really those Dudleys that came to like North America. Nice, I was like, oh, love okay. that. 
It's like, all right. A um, couple other cursed places like this uh, I ran across in the list. Um, the Petrified Forest in the U.S. I think this was Utah, maybe? It's in, like, that area. Um, and they said here you might see orbs, shadows, and voices. And it's also very cursed and you're not supposed to take any souvenirs from here. But I don't know if that's, like, Native American kind of curses mm. and stuff. Because, yeah, it seems like a real ancient area. Petrified Forest. Um, if you Google Rainbow Forest, you see really cool pictures of how the wood does look really colorful. It's like you'll see like a log. I don't have any pictures on the drive because I'm clearly <laughs> lacking and unqualified as a person. But <laughs> the end of the the like log would be cut off and then it'd be like kind of rainbow, almost as if it like got dipped wow. in an oil spill or something. Like it's kind of weird. It's interesting. Huh. I know. And this is just apparently another cursed area. You know, I think it's one of those places that they're probably like, ooh, don't take too much from here because it's creepy. We don't know what's going to go on. Yeah. But uh, they have something called the Dark Forest Association that patrols the grounds. That's fun. The Dark Forest. <laughs> right? What a name. I kind of love that. Do you think that it was Dr- Dwight Schrute who made that up to patrol the areas around the beet farm, maybe? Because <laughs> yeah. he was part of some night group that <laughs> was like these. Oh, they were yeah. patrolling. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, there's that. And there was also a place I ran across called the Seven Gates of Hell in Pennsylvania, where... Okay, it's not like a place, I guess. Because at first I was like, is this just in a prison? It seems like. Yeah, I ran across this one when I was looking places. It's like, go through seven gates, go straight to jail. Do not pass code. Do not pay $200. You're cursed. You're cursed. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, to summarize, I think this was Wikipedia. The Seven Gates of Hell is a modern urban legend regarding locations in York County, Pennsylvania. Um, Two versions of the legend exist, one involving a burnt insane asylum and the other an eccentric doctor. Both agree that there are seven gates in a wooded area of Hellam Township, Pennsylvania, and that anyone who passes through all seven goes straight to hell. The location in question never housed an institution. The aforementioned doctor only constructed one gate to keep out trespassers. <laughs> Seems okay, reasonable. Then. <laughs> uh, despite the popularity of this as a tourist destination, the property is privately held. Visitors may be charged with trespassing as a result. Sounds fun. End quote. <laughs> um, other than that, to cap off my dark portion... I have a shallow dive, uh, shallow for me, of a <laughs> a thing I heard about another podcast, I believe, originally, which was a game that was called Polybius. Polybius? <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn it. This was one thing I could have put pictures on for because there was pictures of the 
arcade game face. The marquee, as I've learned it's called. <laughs> yeah, it was an arcade game. Sort of. Um, <laughs> quote, fictitious 1981 arcade game that is part of an urban legend. The legend describes the game as a part of a government-run, crowdsourced psychology experiment based in Portland, Oregon. Because Portland's okay. weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was just from the Wikipedia. If that sums it up for you, any. <laughs> it's so weird, I know. Um, if I hadn't already heard about it somewhere, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah um yeah so it was like apparently this like arcade game i don't know i keep i almost picture like a pinball game every time i say arcade game but it, it's similar right you you, you gotta yeah. have the the screen and then you're like fucking joysticks or whatever <laughs> but this game supposedly produced intense psychoactive and addictive effects in the player so that wasn't good you might like this part the few machines they had were rumored to be visited frequently by men in black to data mine <laughs> machines. I do like. <laughs> of course they were. I immediately picture all the people from the fringe with their bald heads and no the eyebrows. And, yeah, their little hats. I don't know if they're fedoras, but they're old fashioned hats. Yeah. Here It'd be pretty come good. The yeah. Men in black. Yeah, it's so weird. They don't get mentioned in a lot of different things other than aliens. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I guess... No, this is how Wikipedia summed it up. <laughs> 1981, an arcade game in Portland, Oregon area was the scene of countless gamers coming down with migraines, heart attacks, addictions, seizures, strokes, and even amnesia, all due to one game, Capnick, end quote. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> it's weird, I know. As this one article author wrote, because I read the Wikipedia and, I don't know, several other articles that I will note, of course, but they pointed out that it seems almost quaint to think of these kind of notions nowadays with the rather um, intense algorithms and hyper-targeted platforms that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis <laughs> and i was like i mean like that's that's in my words too because it's like yeah we have all these things that you look at one ad and then you're seeing it like you can be playing oh, God, a game yes. and you see it everywhere or ah oh, they talked about it in one show i was listening to and like Say you and I were talking about a rug that you wanted to get. And then so you look at it on your phone, but you're talking to me about it. And you think, well, did the phone listen to me if I get an ad for it? But it's like, no, you're in the same demographic and your friend's on Facebook. And so because she likes it, yeah. we thought that you'd like it. And it's just like this yeah. very, I don't know, it's sinister, but it's also just kind of like logical. <laughs> You're both white females. Maybe you'd both like that rug. <laughs> right? You want to buy all the same things. Because you're best friends. Because we have yeah. different tastes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so the name Polybius comes from the name of a Greek philosopher born 
approximately 208 BCE in Megalopolis, Arcadia. <laughs> I Megalopolis. love it. <laughs> it's I great. Know, where's, where's Megatron and yeah. that guy from The Incredibles? I don't know. <laughs> And he was best known for his affinity for cryptography and puzzles. And he was the creator of the Polybius Square. Which then I wrote, don't ask, because LOL, it has to do with fractionating plain text characters so that they can be represented by a smaller set of symbols, which is useful for telegraphy, stenography, and cryptography. (laughs) I'm sorry. The device was originally used for fire signaling, allowing for the coded transmission of any message, not just a finite amount of predetermined options, as was the convention before. So basically, I have no fucking clue what a Polybius square is. Yeah. Like, what? What does that mean? The Wikipedia, I was like, this looks like a Wordle square. Um, If it had numbers in it, it would look like a... What's the one they do with the numbers nowadays? Sudoku? Sudoku! <laughs> I'm like, this just looks like a, a grid. I don't understand. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. I assume they're simplifying language in some way, which was all I could ascertain from that yeah. <laughs> quote. I thought like, I... I'm like, I still can't understand it, and it was written the most stupid it could possibly be. I was like, and I still don't get it. <laughs> Can you tell I put a quote in when I'm like, well, maybe if I say it out loud, they'll understand it because I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was simplifying things for, for conversation, but that's about <laughs> it, the best I can do. Um, yeah. Strangely enough, the legend originated in the late 80s. Um, and then popped back up into pop- popular culture on or around, according to this source, February 6, 2003, which was when a listing for the game came up on a coinop.org. Okay, I was going to say that's very specific. <laughs> so specific. Also, a coin op was sometimes what they called a cabinet arcade game. At least, oh, okay, because it's coin operated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say at least I ran across that at one point, and at the coinop.org was, or is, I don't know, a still a digital museum and database for arcade gaming. Huh. <laughs> Just what everyone needs. <laughs> yeah. Um. The page listed the game as copyrighted in 1981 and briefly mentioned some bizarre reactions to playing the game. Uh, And this article or whatever post was believed to have been written by the website owner, Kurt Collar. So the owner of the (laughs) coinop.org. They were like, "Hmm, he did it. (laughs) What we do seem to know is that he did want some publicity as he did tip off a writer named Dan Electro of Game Game Pro, a big name in games. I wrote that sentence. Yes, I did. <laughs> big name in games. Also, Dan Electro. I literally pretty much only included that because I was like, Electro is the kind of techno that Pat Pat used to play. Like that's that's gonna be a made up last name. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. I don't think anybody is passing that down from <laughs> generation to generation. Electro. Yeah, I think it's a Spider-Man villain also, because Jamie Foxx plays that guy that's got, like, electricity problems. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho. Um, it also then got picked up by a slash dot, which was, quote-unquote, the closest thing to going viral in the early, the early aughts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, before the social medias. Um, if it was a masked marketing scheme, a la kind of the Dybbuk box probable origins, if you guys recall, it probably worked quite well. Yeah, because um, yeah, from what I kind of uh, uncovered about that one, too, was that it it did seem like it could be traced back to one of the owners that kind of yeah. wanted to make a little yeah splash with it. Um. But it's since become the subject of TV shows, music videos, documentaries, investigations, and an episode of The Simpsons, which is arguably <laughs> the ultimate pop culture honor, in my opinion. Wow. <laughs> we have to make The Simpsons. No. <laughs> Has any podcast ever made The Simpsons? Well, I've watched the one recently where... Marge and Lisa got into listening to true crime podcasts. Oh I think gosh. Lisa Lisa was listening to them all night and Marge found her like under the covers, like eyes red, like just like cracked out listening to like addicted. <laughs> and then they um like so they made fun of the genre, which was funny, and and they went to like a, a true crime con and the person was like, I just hope that you like don't make fun of my vocal fry. <laughs> And I was like, oh, right. That's that's what people don't like. Jeez. Yeah. It was cute. <laughs> no one specifically, but we don't like mm. anyone that specifically makes fun of podcasts. That's mean. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought like if maybe, yeah. you know how people go on there and they play themselves. Oh. I thought maybe... Maybe totally. one of the top people had been like on there playing themselves or something. Right? You'd think someone would be famous too. Fame famous enough? Yep. Okay. Like <laughs> Joe Rogan or uh fucking what's his name? The movies. Um Kevin Smith, because he's been in podcasting a really long time too. And the other one I listened to, um, Chris Jericho, the wrestler. They've both been doing it since, like, before 2010, which to me is the longest time ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they have that the Chili Peppers on there, which I loved. Then Barney the Drunk was like, we want Chili Willy! Makes <laughs> <laughs> me laugh every time. So, you might wonder, yeah, what other honors it achieved? There was a documentary called Polybius, the video game that doesn't exist, by a filmmaker named Stuart Brown of Ahoy? Ahoy? Chips? Chips Ahoy? It literally didn't say Ahoy Network, so I don't know. Ahoy? Ahoy Hoy? Mr. Burns answers the phone. <laughs> this sounds like the reverse of Yahoo! Ahoy! Oh god. Yahoo! 
No, it is. It basically Ahoy! is. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> um okay, so there are some they this article pointed to this article pointed to some similar themed stories uh of <laughs> I guess fake video games. <laughs> I'm like, what am I trying to say? Jumanji. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Would you play Jumanji though? <laughs> my hey, my work, we actually sell Jumanji the board game. And it's its box is like based on the original movie from the nineties and the characters and it's like an actual board game and everything. Oh no. I would play that I've, for the clout, for the video. <laughs> yeah, I've convinced myself a couple times not to buy it. Um, but maybe one time. No way. Uh, Although it is yeah. fun to think there could be a newer version now, because the newer ones they like yeah, they more could... of a video game. Yeah, yeah. Maybe oh. I, I'm sure eventually they will do a video game for it. Uh, but it was cool they did a board game oh, yeah. a few years ago for it. Damn, mm. I love that. I like never even thought of buying it, but well, this is similar because there was some that got made. <laughs> Um, uh, 1984's The Last Starfighter tells the story of a boy that was so good at video games that aliens recruit him to wage an intergalactic war. So, that was a movie? Have we not seen... Okay, there's a few that have this similar thing, though, I feel like. Um, they also mentioned one called Nightmares that was a 1983 horror anthology featuring a vignette called the battle of bishop and this fictional game was so addictive in this short that it sucks in the young emilio estevez <laughs> it sucks him <laughs> into a secret 13th level do you know who emilio estevez is yes okay okay well yeah. he's charlie sheen's brother and i don't know if i would have known that if pat hadn't told me oh <laughs> uh. I always forget that, but I just know him from The Breakfast Club. Okay, 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 okay. Do you know what, to be honest, I didn't know. Because you've seen some older movies and stuff like that, and, like, to me, that's an older movie. Because it came (laughs) out when I was too young to appreciate it. Like, I was born in the late 80s, so. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yes, him. Um, oh, I love this quote from the, the Polybius article. To understand the truth behind the legend, one must fall down an internet rabbit hole that spans both time and cyberspace. My mom would say, Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So all the pictures online that you'll see, if I had included any of them for you to look at at the moment, are the same old looking blurry photos of the game's cabinet and marquee with um, the screenshot like of the title screen and it just shows the game name Polybius and its distinctive script. Oh, okay. And then it says, Circa 1981, Sinusloshan Inc. Also, I managed to make the... C circa thing. I did it on the keyboard and I was like, I didn't know how to do that. Anyway. <laughs> it made the circle in a little it made the C in a little circle. 
whatever. I didn't know I could do that on the, on the keyboard before today. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Kind of like TM is like tiny. It's like the little C that's just in a oh. circle, like for like circa or trademark or whatever the fuck it means. <laughs> um, but the Cinesloshin, the supposed company name, it's German and it roughly translates to sense deleting or sensory deprivation. Oh. I know it's kind of weird. <laughs> Creepy. But seems to be a fake thing it never existed in germany or the u.s or japan which apparently is some sort of like arcade mecca kind of place yeah (laughs) makes sense i guess mario and all that (laughs) yeah um the large letters in the name of the the title screen would have been very expensive to produce or display at the time Especially for like a title screen, they just said it would have used up so much memory that it probably would have been unlikely, you know, or unfeasible. Huh. Weird. <sighs> I know. And I will put pictures of this up on the uh, social media and the website and whatever we'll have to do because it does the the font sort of resembles an East German cabinet arcade game that's called Polyplay. So if you would like to see them side by side, Polybius, Polyplay, like the font is the same. (laughs) It's very like retro. Yeah. It's like, you know, instead of the Y going down under the line, it's like, you know, up center with the line. It's like this whole thing. It's very like, I don't know, robotic looking. And I'm like, but I just laughed because I was like, Polyplay, like, did they have to get rid of that one? Because the name sounds very ambiguous <laughs> yeah um but any who's it the sources some say it was on the web as early as 1994 on usenet but those are probably false and the main theory is that those are confusing polybius with this pink floyd themed puzzle called the Publius Enigma. Yes, that's right. You might have to be high to understand this episode. I know I don't. (laughs) Let's all just go listen to Pink Floyd. Um, Apparently this online puzzle became so popular that its name was inexplicably displayed during one of the band's concerts. The puzzle itself is near incomprehensible and has never been solved. What? I have to look at this puzzle. Hold on. <sighs> that? You might have to... There's something that called the Polybius Square that I, I, I think I might mention at some point. It's it's all so weird. Um, also, yeah, a puzzle that's never been solved. What is it? Russ's um, boyfriend's really good at those. Less. He can do those um, Rubik's Cubes real fast. Does that oh. mean you can solve this unsolvable square? <laughs> what is it? What was it called? Poo? Poo something? Um, this Pink Floyd theme puzzle is called Publius Enigma. Publius. Yeah. Well, it's like pub. Yeah, like Publius. Oh, like Publius. Yeah, that's how it be I just spelled, want I an image of the Publius. I have no idea. 
I did not see an image come up when I was doing research for that. Yeah, all I see is like Enigma, <laughs> the endless Enigma. Don't mind how this was like twenty see. years ago on the internet. Like that internet almost like <laughs> doesn't exist now. It's so hard it's to find incomprehensible. Those weird <laughs> <laughs> I was watching something. Oh no, Bailey Bailey Sarian was talking about it. She's like, you remember back when websites weren't like beautiful? Where yeah. you could tell a company made their own website and it was like shit and it was like totally. black with like lime green or hot pink writing and you're like, this is the H&M website. <laughs> yeah, H&M, HTML maybe? <laughs> well like, no, just different, all the different companies just had really shitty websites. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. None okay. of them looked, all of them were no. just crazy. No. You'd go onto the page and just like background music would start playing for no reason. <laughs> And everyone always jokes there was Comic Sans type font everywhere. <laughs> but she's like, Which... I miss those days when places like <laughs> had shitty websites and MySpace. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I never had a MySpace. I miss this space. <laughs> I don't I kn- know. I didn't Sorry. have MySpace either. No. Uh, I should have been I was... like the right age for it. I don't know. Sorry, yeah. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was a lot, what, I did, like, Hotmail, and then, like, MSN okay. Messenger I had. Yeah, messaging was just becoming a thing. Like, that was yeah. enough to be going on with. <laughs> yeah, that's really, like, most of what I used for. Yeah, this is my my shallow dive on the Polybius. <laughs> as a page or two more. Because that's a shallow dive, you know me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, they said, okay, there's the possibility that people may have been confusing Polybius with a real game called Tempest. Did I say this? I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, this game was real and really caused some people some discomfort. A uh, Michael Lopez of Beaverton, Oregon recalls suffering from a sudden migraine while playing and he had been playing tempest with some friends at the malibu grand prix arcade he said i began to feel a weird sensation in the back of my head then my vision started going out little flashing lights recalls lopez suddenly i got sick and stumbled outside where i threw up all over the parking lot one of my friends walked with me back home but we didn't make it all the way there My head hurt so bad, it got to where I couldn't speak. I couldn't walk anymore. I collapsed on someone's lawn, four blocks from my house, rolling and screaming in pain. It felt like my head was cracking open. Someone called the cops. That was the first migraine headache I ever had. I've had them on and off my whole life since. But it was freaky because I didn't know what was happening at the time. Oh, weird. Yeah. Sounds Maybe like you just hurt. played too many video games the one day. That's a bit of a theme here. Um, yeah, there's a couple. I, like, <laughs> I get really bad headaches and stuff that won't go away basically until I go to sleep. But I get really? them. I get them from like if if I'm looking at a light source straight on, it's normally fine. But if it comes from like the side or like the corner of my eye or yeah anything i tend to get them oh wow uh, so 
if I have lights on in my house, I have to make sure that basically the like light bulb and everything is like behind me and I can't see it. Like the light is fine, but like the light actual bulb has to be behind me or mm-hmm. it'll be like too much light coming in from like some direction. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, like it, if it was in your rearview mirror, it would be yeah blinding you for sure yeah Yeah. and then yeah like reflections of light off people's windshields or shiny cars and stuff like that in the summer will really get me um Uh, and then like i just hate those led lights (laughs) yes and like screeching noises and stuff can do it too like I think that could do it like anybody would get a headache from like just a scream like screaming children yeah yeah stuff like that yeah but i I, expect so i get them all the time so i i can feel that like if you're standing there staring in a dark arcade and they're you're staring and just so (laughs) intently focusing on a screen of a video game yeah and this was the early days of that too where i mean yeah people could be glued to their tvs but since what the 50s like yeah it's only the 60s 70s that most people started actually having a tv in their house yeah yeah. um yeah that was one of the accounts there's a few that have to do with video games ish but I mean, it's kind of like the whole argument of do video games make people more violent? Like, there's so many factors, it's kind of unfair. Um, There was a case of a gamer from from the Netherlands named Jeff Daly, who suffered a heart attack and died after getting his name on a high score list of the game Berserk. Um, (laughs) It's just so exciting. No, but... That sucks. No, it does, because he was very young. He was only 18 years old. Really? Just like, yeah. So, he had been playing at the Friar Tuck game room, but likely, from what I read, he had some heart tissue scarring already that was probably unknown. Because to completely have no known heart issues and then just die and they find, like, nothing wrong with your heart, like, that would be pretty fucking crazy but they found like a little bit wrong with his heart but still it was just like fucking 18 like they had yeah yeah he had no known heart conditions um a second man named peter bukowski met a similar fate when he died of heart failure um possibly due to myocardial inflammation uh while playing again berserk (laughs) oh shit I know! Not Polybius, but it's not real. Anyway. Um, And the third story saw a Brian Morrow play Asteroids for 28 hours straight whilst chugging coke. You know. And and he collapsed soon after, but I I expect that. Yeah, I would think so. (laughs) To be expected a little bit, yeah. He did survive, however. Um... All this at a time when many still saw gaming as sort of a passing fad. So this news was obviously quite alarming to these adults, especially after the whole, ah, we're afraid of Satan era. I don't know. That's my own <laughs> thought, but. Get rid of Miss Pac-Man. Everything's evil. 
um, you know, it's, it should still be alarming today how addictive things can be, is, is my little yeah. editorializing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then I referenced to myself in my notes, was it Wally? And it, when you see the app, um, yes, but instead of the robots, all the humans are so fat, they're just sitting in front of screens yes. and they can't move. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, too real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's wonder, was the government actually worried about arcade games? So you could look to the FBI. Um, so this article said, the Bureau's records indicate that the agency actually was monitoring and subsequently raiding arcades in the Portland area right around the time that the stories of players collapsing in arcades had hit the mainstream media. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Um, in those days, arcades, which are naturally dark and maze-like, had seedy reputations as hotbeds of gambling, drug activity, and pickpockets looking to prey on teenagers. Though the extent to which arcades captured the public imagination was out of proportion with the actual issues in the establishments, some of that reputation was earned. Cabinets were being repurposed for gambling. People were selling weed in between rounds of Pac-Man. There are pickpockets wherever teenagers tend to gather, especially in the days before cell phones, end quote. <laughs> Selling um, weed in between rounds of Miss Pac-Man. Seriously bad criminal I, activity. I have to go meet my dealer. She hangs out by Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, nice. exactly. Um, but apparently... Even classic cabinets were outfitted with, my words, old-timey spyware. Um, (laughs) Hidden or tiny cameras and mics were placed in Tempest, Scramble, and Galaxian games. So that actually happened, (laughs) which is weird. Um, Tempest was chosen because of its glass bezels that were ideal for hiding cameras behind. So I assume just the glass-fronted marquees or whatever um but yeah the idea was to catch potential criminals i guess according to the last statement maybe doing drug (laughs) deals or something like that but that's so weird it's very unclear why that would be so suspect but like like we hardly know knew anything about technology then and we're still kind of afraid of it now i mean (laughs) I just don't understand why they wouldn't just put security cameras in the arcade instead of inside the arcade games. If your actual fear is drug deals and fights yeah. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, you're going to see heck? more from the angle of above, like they put most cameras, rather than from a waist-high, like... crotch-level game. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a bunch of guys, like, moving their thumbs around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so many of these games had cameras installed that at one point it caused a shortage of Tempest machines in Seattle in the early 80s jeez Um, picture the men in black strolling in and rolling out the machines only to bring them back later like no wonder people were a little freaked out (laughs) they're like what the fuck yeah, I can believe they thought the men in black were stealing data out of the thing because they were putting in fucking cameras. 
It's like, what else can they do with these things? Yeah, at the time we believed, I'm sure anything could be in a lipstick spy cartridge or I don't know. Yeah, Bond. <laughs> James Bond. I mean, we've only gotten better at it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So some fan games have been de- developed of Polybius, making it an urban legend turned real lore or whatever you want to call it. Fun. It's a real game. Um, the first one was just a gooddealgames.com released in April 2004 that was called polybius.exe, uh, which you would go into to play and then a warning would pop up that said, the Polybius video game has been linked to impaired memory and psychological changes. Gameplay may cause epileptic seizures in susceptible individuals. Do you still want to continue? Then Hell yes. Yeah, yeah. You get to the title screen. If you clicked on anything, then it would just crash and pop up with April Fools. Aw, <laughs> that sucks. I Boo. know. <laughs> this was maybe the first attempt. No, I don't know. But then uh, I found a quote. Freeware developers Rogue Synapse, <laughs> known for creating fan-made cabinets of arcade games which never existed, like the one from The Last Starfighter developed and distributed a game named Polybius in 2007. The year my daughter was born. (laughs) Um, This version attempts to faithfully recreate the gameplay as described in the urban legend, including, quote, trippy visuals and subliminal messages. In an effort to further the immersive prank, the company's owner, Dr. Estill Vance, registered the URL sinuslotion.com and trademarked the usage of the name Polybius, though noted that it wasn't an authentic original and was simply an attempt to recreate the Polybius game as it might have existed in 1981. Which is still cool. Yeah. I like people that do that. That's a fun thing to do. Especially Mm. if people were, like, interested in this and were like, I would have played that game. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But apparently the most accessible, I don't know, I haven't looked them up, but I would say is the one by uh, Lamasoft, which is available on the PS4 and the PSVR. Yeah, I don't know that one. Like, I know Xbox and PS4, but this one was released in 2016. It had apparently, quote, vector-like graphics, which sounds kind of retro to me. Yeah, it probably means it's, like, shitty. Very (laughs) pixelated. Well, I do think it's supposed to look a little old, kind of like, yeah, I don't know, Tron, maybe versus Tron Legacy, old versus kind of still looks retro, yeah. I don't know. Um, and it was actually used in a music video for Less Than by Nine Inch Nails in 2017, so I thought that was cool. I like Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> uh, but the prevailing theory remains that it was invented by that Kurt Collar to promote his website that I think it was that coinop.com <laughs> and yeah. maybe it was just a little bit of a conspiracy theory before that so we might never know but that is Weird. the story of the Polybius anyway <laughs> it's just like people are so adamant that oh, fuck what is that movie Kazam or whatever the oh the Shazam has like a a, a whatchamacallit glitch in the matrix uh, Mandela effect about it yeah 
people yeah, think the, that like, there's people think the one movie had like this whole movie and they're confusing it with a different movie yeah because one has sinbad and the other one has yeah. like fucking shaquille o'neal yeah <laughs> but one of them's real and one of them's not i can't remember right now <laughs> and i i also could have sworn i had seen both like 100%. Yeah, they both sound very plausible to me like a, yeah a lot of those ones i'm not sure what to believe in when you go glitch in the matrix and then like Baron Bears, Baron Stain Bears. I'm like, I mean, I remember us pronouncing it this way, but I thought it was spelled that way. So I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I've been drinking the Kool Aid since I was a kid, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that one, that one always gets me, and I can't remember the other one. It's like, wait, that didn't happen. Like, oh my god, because there's yeah, there's so many that that one's named after. We could. I love the urban legends, these modern ones. I love the glitch in the matrix. I love anything yeah. that's like, yeah, that could happen to us this day, this time. You know what I mean? Like there is this shit is still going on. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I know like recently people c- created their own. They did it on Tumblr. They made oh. uh, news sources started talking about it because they basically faked this movie and said, I think it was by like scorsese uh okay and had <sighs> something something check off or whatever and they're like it's the best movie that was never made and like oh it had God. like it ended up getting an imdb page Sweet. and like people were making trailers no. for it and people were writing scripts and like all these stills that were being like edited and people were talking about specific scenes like they had actually happened it was like oh didn't it rip your heart out when so and so did this and then they were getting like actual people uh to comment on it being like have you seen this movie and it kind of like blew up and it became this thing just out of nowhere one day somebody just started and was like hey didn't you guys see this movie like so it's not a real was. movie. No. Like, okay, because when we first started talking, I'm thinking about there's so much talk nowadays about AI generated chat. chat oh no, TV, this is just like this that people on day. Tumblr thought it would be funny to pretend <laughs> this movie existed, and they got really deep about it. Oh like, my god! I to can't the believe point that. Where there was, there was people like crowdsourcing that somebody was going to write a full script and then actually make the movie. I mean, like, sure. Like, Someone okay. should make Threat Level Midnight from The Office and come on, yeah. we'd all watch it. <laughs> Didn't they That's release crazy. the whole thing? I'm sure I, they released the whole know. thing. I don't know, but The Office Ladies, which I do listen to, and they usually just break down The Office. They yeah. are getting close to the end of the office, so they've been kind of mentioning different things that they like to watch, and like I think they've mentioned John Wick and stuff. And so I was just telling Pat that like instead of breaking down an episode of The Office, they just broke down an episode. They just broke down an episode. They just broke down Speed, the movie Speed, and that was so <laughs> fun. And they were swooning over Keanu and talking about. I all love that. Keanu. Okay. <sighs> The action sequences, I'll just say that because if you call them stunts and he's on a podcast, he'll be like, they're not stunts. We really do that. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. 
Okay, Keanu. Okay. He's so cute. Whatever you say, Keanu. <laughs> I know. I love Keanu Reeves. Amazing. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Russell, my sister just downloaded an episode of Smartless, which is... What? Was he just on Smartless? No, I guess he wasn't, but I was thinking about that show because they both... They talk about him, too, and stuff. Um... <laughs> Who knows? But Rasa was like, oh, yeah, I just downloaded an episode of Smartless because they talked about Barry on it and they had on Bill Hader. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. I should listen to that. And she was like, oh, no, you'll get spoiled. And I was like, well, sometimes I don't mind getting a little spoiler, especially if it's a show I don't know if I'm going to watch. And then I hear like a little enticing spoiler. Like maybe I wasn't going to watch it anyway. And then I hear something and I'm like, now I want to watch it. I do want to watch it. It's supposed to be really good. I just haven't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Russell sent me some scene where they, he was, or Guillermo del Toro was in it as a cameo, like the director. <laughs> and he was like nice. talking to them about podcasts. And he was like, well, sometimes you listen to a podcast. They tell you to look at a link, but you can't look at a link. You're driving. And <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. Nice. It's on Crave. Maybe... I think I should be able to check it out. Oh, I don't have Crave. I'd have to, like, download it. House. Or... <laughs> yeah, or come to your house. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have a viewing party soon. Okay, so that's the end of it for this today. Sorry, guys. You got the dark side for now. <laughs> yeah. If we cut it here, then uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Yeah. yeah possibly part two or we might be keeping it cryptic until well the next one that we have on the docket is kids who kill so that should be yeah. fucking fucked up <laughs> woohoo catch you next week yeah bye keep it cryptic <laughs> turn to burp uh this has been castles and cryptids you can listen to our podcast on spotify apple podcast google podcast anchor breaker pocket cast and our youtube channel please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen follow us on instagram facebook and reddit on our website you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Affair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening.